Sports Consulting Podcast. My name is Colby Drost. I'm the president and founder. Paragon Sports Consulting is a player advising firm that helps uh, players at the age of 14 to 20 with their path to college hockey. Uh, today, we have another episode, this time with a prep school in New Hampshire called the New Hampton School. And we have the head coach, Connor Gorman, who played at New Hampton, played in the old Eastern Junior Hockey League, which has transformed in a couple different ways uh, in today and played college hockey at Division Three level. Uh, Connor, how are you? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm good. I'm just sitting here in Chicago. Hopefully things are opening up. Uh, how about yourself? What's, what's going on at uh, New Hampton? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm still here on campus. Um, I, I haven't left, honestly, since uh, this coronavirus started. We did uh, our, on, our, our online distance learning here. Um, so I did that from, from my on-campus house. And uh, things are starting to open up here, though, which is nice. Some outdoor seating. Uh, and then actually on Monday, indoor seating opened up in New Hampshire. So uh, I guess that just goes to show how rural our, our school is up here. Um, but it's great. I'm glad things are kind of somewhat getting back to normal and, and hope everyone's staying safe because it's different in, in every state and every country right now. So yeah, for sure. And I think, um, you know, again, thanks for ha coming on here and, and obviously giving some perspective about the prep school level in New Hampton. But I think what's unique about uh, your background is, is you played at New Hampton, you yep. played junior hockey, you went on to play college hockey, and now it's come full circle. Like maybe touch on, you know, a little bit about your playing uh, background and, and how it's kind of segued into uh, now coaching and, and back at your, your where, you, where it all started. For the most yeah, part. totally, totally. Uh, you know, so I guess like, like every, every kid, right. I started playing hockey, um, you know, around four or five years old, jumping on the ice, doing the house league thing, uh, in Worcester, Massachusetts, uh, which is the area I grew up in. Um, and then kind of fast forward to, to when I came to New Hampton, I, I really had no idea. Um, and it's kind of funny you have me on this podcast to kind of talk about this, this, I had no idea what, uh, what the hockey path was. I, I honestly was. I didn't come from a hockey family. My parents never played. I'm a smaller guy, um, you know, so I just thought, hey, I'll, I'll go to my local high school at home and, and, I'll, and I'll get onto a college team. Um, and, and I was sadly mistaken when I was told that's, that's probably not going to happen. Um, so I played in, a, in a, the Hockey Night in Boston tournament about 10 or 11 years ago. Uh, recruited, was recruited to New Hampton by a guy by the name of Mike Levine, um, who's actually my hockey mentor now in the coaching world, coached at uh, Utica Brown uh, and now he's the, the director of college scouting in in the NHL for Vegas so I came here did a repeat junior year which was great for me um, my my hockey recruiting path got a little bit um, kind of kind of an interesting story I, I ended up committing to uh, Providence College my senior year division one at at uh, New Hampton school which was a, a dream come true for me um, but as, as things go in life and in hockey, uh, it's not always uh, how you drew it up, right? And uh, unfortunately, that summer, the, the Providence staff was let go. Uh, they brought in a new staff that, um, you know, in the fall or in the summer, in the fall, they, they just didn't see me like the old staff did. Um, and that's fine. You know, I was upset with it at the time. And now growing up as a, as a, as a man here, I, I can understand where they were coming from. Uh, which led me to, to SUNY Plattsburgh, which was a great Division three opportunity for me, top five in the country in my, in my four years there. I got to play lacrosse as well. Um, so it, it really worked out for me. And then I was fortunate to play for two years in the minors. Um, and then, uh, you know, you don't make a ton of money at that level. And, um, you know, lost some teeth along the way. Got a call from New Hampton that they had a, an opening in coaching uh, as an assistant coach and then teaching. And I, 
you know, I loved the school when I was here as a student and a, and a hockey player and a lacrosse player. And I was like, wow, this is, you know, this is kind of truly coming full circle. So that's kind of my, my hockey background. Yeah, that's awesome. And I think it's, it's like I said, it's always some prep schools have coaches out are alums. And I, I think it's, it's pretty cool when you have someone who kind of lives and breathes, you know, what the school's all about. Totally. Um, and, and we'll get into more about New Hampton, like specifically, but like, now that you, you've coached, this is your first season as a head coach at New Hampton, like, you know, there's some general talking points. You always have these people, you know, that say, hey, prep school's awesome. Prep school's, you know, it's, it's okay because of the lack of, you know, they, they argue development or some people say it's awesome because you can play three sports. You know, with all the doubters and fans and all that stuff, what do you, what do you think the biggest thing is that has kept, like, prep hockey around for so long and, and really – it's been extremely competitive for, for, I mean, years. I mean, we can go back to, you know, 50, 60, 70 years. Yeah. I mean, obviously, um, you know, like you touched on it, the the history of prep school hockey is, is very, very strong. And I think that uh, the reason why it remains strong today. um, And again, people have different opinions, but I think parents and players want to play hockey and attend school at the same place. Um, And at the end of the day, uh, that's something that um, I don't think in prep school will ever change, right? And I think that now there are so many avenues that you can go um, in terms of your hockey path, right? You have you have U- U16, U18, um, you know, you have the hockey academies popping up. Uh, you know, you have the kids that are good enough to play junior hockey while they're still in high school. Uh, but I really think the reason why prep hockey has, has remained strong all these years is because you can play high-level hockey at the same place that you can go to school, right? And, and it teaches you, um, you know, more than just being a hockey player, right? And, and it teaches you how to be a good student, you know, how to collaborate with other people, how to advocate for yourself, right? Mom and dad aren't there to, to check the email for you, right? If you have a project that night, uh, you know, it's on you to check the email. Um, you know, so that's kind of my, my belief on it. I, I do understand what people say about, you know, that, that you know, I guess, I guess for the development piece, um, I can understand where people who say, oh, play, you know, play U16 or play at a hockey academy. That's all we focus on. Um, you know, my argument against that is, is we, we focus very much on hockey here. You know, my, myself and my, my assistant coach, Nick Ellis, um, you know, we, we run this program like a college program. You know, we practice every single day. Uh, you play anywhere between two and three games a week uh, with a 35 game schedule and, um, you know, we lift twice a week. We do yoga once a week. We're, we're lucky that our school provides us a video software uh, that, you know, films our games and, and, you know, we send the game in, it breaks it down, and then we cut the clips that we want to show the guys. So from a development piece, I, I'd have to argue against those that say you can't develop in prep school because uh, you definitely can. Sure, sure. And I think, and like I said, we'll get more into like specifics because I'm curious daily life and things like that. But for well, someone who's new to the prep school level and, and maybe you know they're from california whatever and they're just not familiar with it you know touch on you know the caliber of of competition like i think they the stat last year was 87 or 89 kids were committed uh to division one programs on prep school rosters and i think in 2019 off the top of my head there were nine kids drafted in the nhl from prep school yeah. you know what could you touch on regarding that and like you know the competition and just in general well i think if you're if you're from a market uh, or, or a demographic that isn't uh, that doesn't have a lot of college hockey programs around. So California, LA area, uh, coming out east. I mean, automatically coming out east, you're gonna 
you're going to enhance your chances of playing college hockey, right? You're just seeing more. Um, you know, so I think that, you know, for those types of people who are listening to this or who do listen to this, you know, coming out East, playing at a, at a boarding school, I think the best part about our schedule is we play a Wednesday afternoon game, right? And, you know, being in, in New Hampshire, New Hampton, New Hampshire, we're about 90 miles north of Boston, right? So think about all the hockey uh, schools from the Division One to the Division Three level that are in this area, right? And they can send up an assistant uh, to, to come watch, you know, our game on a Wednesday afternoon because no colleges are playing on a Wednesday, you know? So, you know, last year, um, you know, when New Hampton's playing KUA, which is, you know, a very, very good hockey game, uh, there's a lot of schools that want to come watch that, you know, and, and, you know, I know we'll touch later on the exposure piece and stuff like that, but, uh, and I'll, and I'll talk about my belief on that, but, um, you know, I think that right there is if somebody's looking for an opportunity to, uh, to, to play high level hockey, to develop as a player, to get a good education and to also, uh, still be a, a normal high school student, um, while being seen by, by tons of schools on the East coast, you know, that's why I think prep school is, is such a, such a great avenue to go. Yeah, that's awesome. And, and, and obviously, um, I mean, you can go to a prep school game and I mean, just the two teams you mentioned, and there's probably, you know, seven to 10 players that are committed on the ice and maybe three or four that'll be committed in the next year or two. You know, I don't think people realize how competitive it is and, and it's a nice kind of way to bridge the gap to junior hockey, you know, depending on, you know, obviously there's a good fit for everybody, but it is a nice option, and, and I don't, I'm a big believer in like not closing options down for, for a lot of kids because there's a there's a place for every kid, and, and every kid's needs are different. Um, so, anyone that's like new to you know prep school or doesn't know anything about New Hampton, like I've I've been there. I went to Holderness. You know, it's a, it's a nice school. You guys have a good hockey program. Tell us a little bit about the school, what the campus is like. Tell us about the daily life of a student. You know, not anything in crazy detail, but just kind of give the listeners and and myself an idea of what, what the daily life is like. Yeah, totally. Well, I think, you know, the last time that you probably saw our school, um, you know, when I was a student here, our rink was, was half outside, right? We had uh, a rink that had the north and south end exposed. In 2016, we built a brand new $9 million rink, um, which has got a, you know, state-of-the-art locker room with a TV in there, you know, individual player stalls. So, so the rink is, is beautiful. Um, we're actually in the process of building uh, a multi, or, or a, uh, just over a million dollar uh, fitness and wellness center that's that will be two stories uh, we're building it in our field house the bottom floor will have um, you know a, a turf facility with sled pushes and battle ropes and all our squat racks the top uh, the top part will be you know free weights and all all that type of stuff and then uh, where our, our current fitness center is right now that will be a uh, yoga studio and a spin room so in terms of of our facilities um, you know other other coaches listen to this may may disagree, but I honestly think we have the best setup in, in prep school. I mean, with the rink and, and especially this new fitness center coming in, but you know, the school, we're just at the cut, just at uh, the cusp of the white mountains. Like I said, 90, 90 miles North of, um, of Boston. Uh, it's a beautiful area here. Um, you know, and, and uh, you know, I think the thing that I love the most about New Hampton um, is you can really be yourself here, right? And we don't have a uniform policy. You know, you can't wear sweatpants or, or inappropriate clothing or, or any, you know, you know, inappropriate language on a hoodie or something like that. But, uh, you know, jeans in a, in a polo or jeans in a t-shirt is, is what we ask you to wear here. So I think that's, you know, it might be a little minor detail, but I think it's important because kids can really, um, you know, express themselves and wear what they want to wear. Um, you know, but in terms of, of daily life, I'll, I'll touch on the, the hockey, the hockey component. Cause that's probably who's listening here. 
Um, you know, in the winter, we do a half day of school. So we'll get out into the school day will be from eight to one forty-five in the afternoon. Um, and then after that, we'll have practice scheduled sometime between, you know, two 30 and, and, you know, seven forty-five at night, it fluctuates every day. Um, and, you know, during that kind of gap time. So if we practice at two 30 on a Monday, um, you know, after that, we'll do a lift, we'll do film and a lift, uh, and then they'll go to dinner and then they'll go to the dorm and do their study hall. Um, so I think for anybody who has, you know, no clue of what prep school is about, and you're thinking about, oh, I want to go to a prep school, just understand that from sunrise to sunset, you are busy. You know, there's not much downtime here, uh, but I think it's, it's great. You know, I know I work best when I'm busy. Um, you know, Kobe, I'm sure, you know, you as a former hockey player, you, you are probably the same way, right? All hockey players are yeah. kind of go, go, yeah. go. Um, so that would be, you know, in kind of layman's terms, I would say that uh, if you're looking at a prep school and you want to know what the daily life is from eight to from eight in the morning to 10 o'clock at night, there's probably something that you'll be doing. Yeah. And I think also what's unique, um, you know, and every kid's different, right? Some kids care about this stuff, some don't, but prep school gives another outlet to kids. Like you can shut hockey down and like go do other things. You know, you can go to the dance, you can go to um, right. get extra help. You can, you know, it's not just hockey, hockey, hockey. So every kid's different. There's kids that want to be like that. There's kids that don't, there's kids that enjoy being able to shut it off and turn it on to go hundred percent. So like I said, I think kind of leading into that, like, you know, obviously prep schools have rigorous academic schedules and, and uploads like, what kind of academic resources are there for students at like New Hampton? Like if you need extra help, yep. um, you know, if there's extra needs there, like what, what can you touch on regarding that for parents? Yeah. So what's special about New Hampton is we actually have an entire uh, department called the academic support program. And that's actually the, the department that I teach in. Um, and basically it's, it's, um, it's an extra fee on top of tuition, but you go anywhere from one-on-one -on -one tutoring to um, two-on-one -on -one tutoring to group tutoring. Um, and basically it's part of the academic day. So it's, it's actually a class that you take, um, you know, you don't get a credit for it, you know, towards, towards your, your transcript in, in the NCAA, but it's for those kids that may struggle with, um, you know, executive functioning skills, time management, organization, uh, task, task initiation. Um, so we offer that as a school, which I think is great. Uh, you know, we have some kids in that program who are dyslexic as well. Uh, so that's something that, you know, that we offer. Uh, I know some schools have learning centers and stuff like that, but that's, you know, that's probably the number one thing that I think sets us apart from, from other schools is we have the academic support program. But, you know, for those that, that don't need the academic support program, you know, when I went here, I was not a part of that program. Um, you know, but in terms of support, you know, every class in prep school uh, is very, very small, you know, and that's, a, that's an adjustment for some kids. It was, it was for me, but uh, it was a beneficial, adjust, a beneficial uh, adjustment. And, you know, for those that need that extra support, we, we offer office hours two times per week for 30 minutes. Um, and one of them is after school on a Monday and then in the middle of the day on a Thursday. And that's where the teachers have to be in their classroom. Uh, and you can just poke, poke your head in there, ask questions, you know, have your, have your essay reviewed, maybe you're struggling in some math uh, and you just need to go over how to balance an equation, right? They're, they're sitting there in their classroom. Um, so that's a resource, but I think the number one resource that I tell all the recruits that come on campus is 90% of our faculty live on our campus. So say you are struggling in uh, pre-calculus, right? And you know, you're like, ah, I need some extra help here. Find out when your teacher uh, is on dorm duty uh, find out his or her 
dorm schedule and go over to his or her dorm and, you know, send an email and say, Hey, can I come over tonight? And they'll, they'll be gladly, you know, they'll, they'll be glad to sit down with you uh, to help you out. And I think that right there is, is what is amazing about prep school. Um, you know, we had one of my, one of my coworkers here, who's a good friend of mine on campus who didn't go to a prep school, said it perfectly at a public school or even a private Catholic school. When you see a teacher in the grocery store, they kind of look the other way. It's a little awkward, right? At prep school, it's the complete opposite of that. You know, we're here for the kids. Um, like I said, we live here. I live on campus. Uh, and I think that right there is, is, aside from our academic support program, that to me is what sets prep school apart, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I think back to it, like, we just, we had Nate Bostic on the last one. And, like, just being able to put everything in one place, right, for efficiency. So you go to the class, extra help is there, the gym's on campus, rinks yeah. on campus, food, everything's kind of taken care of. And I always tell parents, like, look, your son just has to go there, you know, be a good kid, put in the effort. Um, and I think the last thing to touch on with the daily life, I, I think would, would be parents would like to hear, I think would be a good point, actually, just to touch on would be like, so, you know, some of these parents, it's the first time their kids are going to leave home. And for some of them, they're 15, 16, 17, obviously, with some older kids. What, you know, you touched a little bit on the dorm life, the teachers, you know, people that work there, the dorm parents. You know, what could you say to, to some parents that maybe lessen that blow of, of their kid leaving home for the first time? What's dorm life like? What is, what is that schedule like study hall uh, yeah. before we kind of move into hockey? Yeah, yeah totally, totally. Well, I think you hit the nail on the head, Kobe. I mean, going to prep school um, at any age is an adjustment. And some parents will say, oh, no, you know, my son will be fine. Trust me. And I'm like, okay, I've done this, you know, only two years going into my third year, but it, it's an adjustment. No matter how mature you are, living away from home for the first time is tough, right? And going to a new school is tough. So, you know, dorm life, um, you know, it, it's, you know, everybody's got a roommate, um, you know, only, only a select few kids have singles and usually they're the proctors of the dorm. Uh, so they're juniors or seniors and the proctor of a dorm is basically uh, like an RA or, or, or an RD in college. Um, you know, and, and they're the ones that, um, you know, kind of uh, work in cahoots with, um, you know, the dorm parents. But I, I think that in every dorm has a, has a, has a community room, um, you know, your common room where there's a TV and stuff like that. And uh, I actually, I, I love doing dorm duty. Um, you know, I work in an upperclassman dorm. It's, I have six players or last year I had six players that I coached that were in the dorm. Um, so in terms of getting to know the kids, you know, you know, more than just hockey players, more than just football players, you really know everything about them. I think that's what makes prep school really special. Um, you know, what I think makes New Hampton even more special is we preach um, a saying called one trusted adult. And, and that's what we want every kid on our campus to have. They, we want them to have one trusted adult on campus that they can go to for anything, right? Whether it's good, bad, ugly, sad, um, or they're in trouble or whatever it is, right? Because every human is not perfect and, and people make mistakes and, and we want kids to feel like they have an ally here, you know, and, and whether it's a younger faculty member, uh, a faculty member that's been here for 30 years, that's something that I think sets our school apart uh, is we preach that. We make sure that every student on this campus uh, from a, you know, from a 14-year-old freshman to a 18, 19-year-old postgraduate, uh, male or female, has someone that they can turn to when uh, when times are good or when times are tough. Yeah, and I think the other thing too, I don't think what people realize is, you know, you're in, <clears throat> excuse me, you're in the dorm with your teammates, but you're also in the dorm with a lot of people that you're know, probably going to be lifelong friends. You know what I mean? And in, in the you, you meet some people that go on and do some amazing things, and and 
if they're friends or, or contacts later down the road. And it's, it's a pretty unique experience. Like I said, it's, it's the right fit for certain kids and some other kids, it's, there's other fits for them. But um, I think that's definitely a, a, a talking point to, to hit on and yeah, everything you're saying yeah. is what's unique. Totally. I think that, you know, um, for, 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 for prep school, just to touch on that kind of uh, what you just mentioned there is, is you have students, you have international students, domestic students. I mean, the example I use is, is what other place are you going to work on a project where, um, you know, you have a kid like me from Massachusetts, guy like you from Chicago, kid from L.A., uh, a kid from South Korea, uh, a student from Czech, the Czech Republic, all collaborating, collaborating on, a, on a group project together. That's really, really cool, right? You get to learn um, the little intricacies of, from, from one another, you know, what they like. Uh, what they don't like, how they how they operate, um, you know, in terms of a of a academic setting. So I think it's really really cool, right? You, you get to work and collaborate with people from all different walks of life and all different backgrounds. Yeah, it's awesome. It's awesome. So thanks for sharing that stuff, so people have a better understanding of New Hampton daily life. Let's let's move into hockey here. Obviously, your yeah. first year as head coach, like. Tell me about the season, what kind of a, a recap, how it went. You know, obviously, I know Joe Marsh was involved, former St. Lawrence head coach. Like, kind of give us a, a brief recap on that, and then we'll go into kind of specifics on the program, recruiting, and everything uh, in between. Yeah, totally. So this, this season was, you know, it was great. Um, you know, for me, I, I really appreciate – we had a big senior class, a great leadership group, um, and I told them that because of that senior class, it made my transition into being a head coach – first-time head coach, uh, fairly seamless. Um, you know, we went 21-10-4. and four. Uh, We were ranked 10th in New England at, at one point. Unfortunately, fell short in playoffs. We lost to Gunnery in the, in the Nepsack Small School quarterfinals, and, and they went on to, to win the whole thing. So, uh, you know, tip my hat to them. Great program over there. But uh, I, I was really happy with some of the things we did. I thought a lot of kids got better. I thought a lot of kids um, – enjoyed and loved the game. And that's, that's all I ask for as a coach. I just want kids to love the game. Um, even, you know, even when things aren't going right. And I know it's tough, you know, when, when you're going through a slump or you're not getting the junior looks or the college hockey looks that you want, but um, you know, it's our job as coaches, right. To, to keep them engaged and ha keep them having fun. And um, you know, I was really happy with, with uh, you know, what we did as a team, um, you know, and, and kudos to the guys that, you know, that were on the team, right. We had, uh, Marcus Joggin, who led prep school in scoring uh, with 79 points, uh, earned himself a Division I commitment to Sacred Heart uh, and, and was drafted in the USHL. We had Isaac McLeod, who uh, was second um, in goal, goals for um, 39 goals this year in prep school, uh, who, who is committed to Dartmouth. He was drafted to the USHL as well. Uh, you know, we have Jack Ring, who was drafted to Fairbanks in the North American League. Um, you know, Will Hilficker, who um, you know, was going to play in Bonneville in the Alberta Junior League, who just had a, had a huge year, you know, um, you know, put up a point per game as a defenseman. Uh, so really proud of, of the guys and, and what they did this year. And um, I really can't thank those guys enough for, for you know, being someone I can lean on um, this year. But yeah, very, very happy with, with the year, how the year went. Yeah, I think too, like, as a first year head coach, like, how did that go for you? How, what, how was the involvement? What did you learn from Joe Marsh, I mean, I'm sure this, we could be on a whole podcast just to, to talk about that, but talk about the involvement, what, what, you know, what he had to offer to the program and, and is he going to be involved in the future? Kind of touch yeah. on that. Yeah, totally. Totally. So uh, to talk about Joe Marsh, I mean, an amazing human being. Uh, and I know that people will say that all the time, right? Good hockey player, better person. Um, 
you know, and for some people it may not be true, but for Joe Marsh it is. I mean, everyone told me how good of a guy he was and uh, it was 100% true. I mean, I'll, I'll give you a quick background story on him from this past season that just will hit this, hit the nail on the head for the type of person he was. Um, you know, he drove from St. Lawrence, which is Canton, New York, to New Hampton and back multiple times because he was still volunteering with the women's team at St. Lawrence multiple times at 69 years old. Uh, by himself through uh, snow, rain. Uh, and, and if you, you know, I, I told the guys that all the time, if, if you feel lousy walking 100 yards to the rink, look yourself in the mirror and realize what this guy, Coach Marsh, is doing for you, right, and, and for me. Uh, and, and he was an amazing, amazing asset to our team. I think it was great because we both came from two different perspectives. Me as a younger, just finished playing perspective, him you know, the wise veteran. Um, and we saw eye to eye on so many things, um, you know, but, but for me, just to touch on that as a coach, obviously the, you know, we had a good year and it's easy to, to, to deal with things when you're winning. Right. But we went through a little slump, you know, towards the end of the year, um, you know, and he was someone I could really lean on to talk about roster changes or, 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 you know, uh, what we were going to do in terms of, you know, do we change up this power play unit? You know, hey, this guy's not happy right now. What can we do to get more from more out of him? You know what I mean? And and there's nothing in hockey that Joe Marsh hasn't seen, uh, and that is what helped me so much as a first year head coach. Is even when he wasn't on campus, I think there was a little three week period where he was with St. Lawrence for a while. But he called me, and I called him, and I said, Coach, you know, we had this situation at practice today. I thought I handled it pretty well. Let me tell you about it. What do you think? And he said, yeah, I think you did. Next time, maybe try this, right? And that to me is, is you know, that's just such great information, wisdom to, to have, you know? For sure, for sure. And I think, too, like, you guys had a pretty good season. You guys had guys commit to colleges uh, outside. You also had a Dartmouth commit and St. Lawrence. Yep. Like, I think, too, what people gets lost in the prep school, you can go through rosters and even Division One rosters, there's so many kids that aren't going to get their college commit, you know, at the division one level and they'll end up getting it at 20, but they went on through prep school. They might've went to the BCHL, the CCHL, the Alberta league, the NA. And there's even so many more kids that, you know, outside of just the committed guys in prep, they're going to end up playing division one because it is a good development path for certain kids. Um, would you it, it agree? Is, uh, it, you know, from, from what you talked about earlier, um, when they, you know, when you ask me, you know, why is prep school hockey still good and what keeps it good is there are, are so many college committed players, uh, whether it's division one or division three, right? If you get to college hockey, you're a good player, no matter what, right? Obviously the ones that, you know, go to the highest high levels are, are very special players, but there are a ton of commits in, in prep school hockey. And I think the difference between the USHL and prep school is no one in prep school is ready to play college yet but everyone in the USHL is right. And that's the difference. And that's why there's that, you know, the kids will go to the USHL, the North American league, the, the British Columbia league, the Alberta league, the central Canadian league. Like we have really good players here. They're just not ready for the college level yet, but that doesn't mean that they're not good hockey players. So I just want sure, to. Sure. It's, and some, and some peak, you know, they're coming into their game and some don't take that extra step until they're 19, 20. And the next, you know, they're, they're committed at 20 to, WCHA school, hockey school, you know, there's, there's a million stories we could touch on. Um, so, you know, you, your roster, like just to go back through it, like you guys have kids from all over North America. I don't know if you guys have anyone internationally or, or, 
or head yeah, we have, from overseas? We have, uh, we have a couple of Czech Republic kids. Okay, yeah. So talk about your recruiting philosophy. You know, where are you guys getting kids? How are you doing it? What types of guys, you know? Um, and then we'll just kind of move into the admissions process, whatever you could touch yeah. on, obviously. Yeah, totally. You know, obviously, every boarding school coaches is lucky that a lot of the good tournaments happen in the New England area, right? So myself, Nick Ellis, uh, you know, we're up and down the East Coast from, um, you know, from, you know, New Jersey, um, you know, up to Massachusetts, even, you know, I went to Quebec last year. Um, with a bunch of prep coaches at the uh, prospects, future prospect, prospects management showcase. I'm going to go out next year to Niagara Falls for the Screaming Eagle showcase. So we, we do a lot of recruiting, right? But like I said, we're fortunate to be located, um, you know, where the Beast League is and the USPHL is, um, you know, and, and, you know, Nick and I will rarely go into a game blind, you know, usually we uh, have a kid that's interested or, or we saw a kid, you know, a year ago that we wanted to keep tabs on and keep watching, um, you know, the only games that we probably go in blind. And what I mean by that is we don't know anybody on the roster is when we see, you know, two really, really good teams going at it. Right. So maybe you have, you know, we're watching the USPHL and we're going to watch, you know, the Islanders hockey club play the junior Bruins, right. There's usually a handful of really good players on each team, right. We might not know exactly who's there at the time, but we'll watch them once star the ones we like continue to watch them as they progress in the fall and throughout the winter. But in terms of our philosophy and what we look for, um, you know, like you said, the ages from 15 to 20 are kids that are really developing and getting better. And then there are kids that are really good at 15 that aren't very good at 20, you know, and I know I played with kids like that and Kobe, I know you played with kids like that. So we're just looking for kids that love the game. And uh, I know that sounds a little cliche, but what I mean by that is, you know, the New England Sports Center in Marlboro, right? It's got 10 rinks, I believe now, nine rinks. You know, yeah, I want, sure. I, yeah, it's crazy. I want to see kids that are flying around in warmups on the second game of the day. Uh, they don't care who's in the stands if, if, you know, they're just loving hockey, right? I love those kids that buzz around. And then like every coach looks for, right? We're looking for skill, hockey IQ, um, ability to play in the gritty areas, ability to play in traffic, you know, can they make plays? Can they score goals? Do they play with their eyes up? Obviously players aren't perfect. And that's why, you know, I think our staff does a really good job at getting kids better when they come here. Um, you know, but that's kind of our, our philosophy. We're looking for really good players, but um, you know, we're also looking for players that want to be at New Hampton. Um, and, and um, you know, that's, that's really important to us, you know, guys that want to be here. Yeah. Yeah. I think too, like, there's a bunch of great prep school programs and like parents, if you're getting recruited by two or three, like go through that process. Like if you can go visit, go meet the coach, go see, you know, your son's going to know if he wants to be there or not. You know what I mean? You know, 100%. You, you, my biggest advice, and I know we'll probably touch on this a little bit later, but my biggest advice to parents and, and players is to go on as many visits as you can uh, that, that allow for your schedule. You know, obviously it's a busy time, but you get a completely different vibe at every single prep school and, 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 and whether it's a good vibe or a bad vibe, you know, and, and like I said, I touched on our, on our dress code here, but you know, holding a school Kobe, where you went, they have a dress code, right. And, and here yeah. we don't. And that right there um, could change the feel of what a kid has on campus, whether they like Holderness more than New Hampton or vice versa. And there's nothing wrong with that. And I tell every recruit I bring on campus, you're not going to hurt my feelings. If you tell me you're going to go to another school, right. 
that's fine. You know, that's why, yeah, yeah. You know, that's why we continue to recruit. You know, if I need to bring in one top six left winger, I can't recruit one because if he says no, you know, I recruit probably six or seven, you know? Yeah. And, and, you know, it comes back to it. Like a lot of these programs are going to offer you exposure. They're going to offer you development. Obviously there's a better opportunity at one compared to another, but if you're not happy, you're not enjoying the experience. Like you're not going to play your best no, because you're no. going to be like, what am I doing here? You know what I mean? Calling home, complaining. So I think that's a huge part of it. And whether it's a prep school, hockey academy, junior team, you got to know what you're walking into. And, and obviously you can't be extremely picky, but you just have to know that you're going to be able to thrive there um, and make you're the most of it. You're hundred percent right. If the only thing you like about the school you went to is the hockey program, you're not going to enjoy the experience and you're not going to be as good at hockey as you thought you would be. So I know there's, there's some things you can't touch on and, and whatever you can, then obviously I'd love for you to share. But for someone who is unaware of admissions process, what, how did, you know, what do they need to do? How does that work? Kind of the quick on it, you know, yeah. so, so if you're starting to apply to New Hampton. Yep. So if you're starting from, from square one, you gotta, you gotta fill out the inquiry form that's on our website that gets you right away into our admissions database. Uh, and then you'll hear from an, an admissions officer who will, who will reach out to you to say, Hey, we got your, your inquiry form. You know, uh, we'd love to have you on campus for a visit. Um, you know, so that's kind of how you would get the ball rolling um, if, you, if you haven't been sought out by myself or, or Nick Ellis uh, as, a, as a recruited player, I guess. Uh, in, in terms of that, you know, when you go to apply, um, you know, you got to have your SSAT, you got to send in your transcripts, you got to have two uh, letter of recommendations from teachers, um, and then at the end of the day, and then, and then you interview on campus, right? And um, what I think is great about New Hampton and I know a lot of schools are like this as well. I actually just saw that I think eight out of the 10 IVs are, are now test optional. Um, we look at the entire applicant when they're applying to New Hampton school, right? So I had a, a recruit the other day say, hey, I'm not super proud of my SSAT score. Is that going to really hurt me? I said, you know, well, one, how, you know, how poor is the score, right? Um, you know, but secondly, I said, no, are your grades good? Are you a good person? Are you going to be able to come here in, in, talk to admissions and say, listen, this is what I want to come to New Hampton for. I'm trying to get, you know, I'm trying to improve my, my grades. I'm trying to develop as a hockey player. I also play baseball and I love baseball. You know, I also, you know, we have a kid on our team that came from a, from a, a hockey academy. He didn't do well with the online schooling. Right. And, and he came here and um, you know, he wanted to, he wanted to be a normal high school student. Like you touched upon earlier, Colby with the, with, you know, going to the school dance and stuff like that. So that's kind of, um, you know, how the, the admissions process works in terms of applying to the school. Obviously, the, the question everybody asks is, is the financial aid process. Um, prep schools are expensive. I'm not here to tell you that they aren't. Uh, but what I am here to tell you is that um, the financial aid is, is based on a family's income and their assets. So uh, it's almost like the FAFSA form in college. Uh, you, you, you enter your information, it, you know, spits out a number of, of what you can pay um, and what your, what your money would be uh, in terms of financial aid. And, uh, and then obviously, you know, we give out four and a half to $5 million of financial aid a year here at New Hampton School. So, um, you know, we, we want to reward kids and we want to bring kids here that, um, that we think would be great, you know, assets to not just the hockey program, but the whole school. And I can't stress that enough, right? Like yeah. prep school yeah. hockey is, is still very, very much, you know, a, a big thing. Um, but we want kids that, that want to come here and be more than just a hockey player. 
you know, and, uh, and that's why I love, I love kids that play lacrosse and baseball, you know, and tennis, um, you know, and, and that's really important. Yeah. It's a, yeah. And a part of that's just being a part of the community and that's, and that's the bigger mission of all of this. And I think the other thing touch on the academic profile, like even when colleges are doing their homework and, and obviously some prep schools and colleges, there's, there's different thresholds for academics, but if you're putting in the effort and you're seeking out extra help and there's a story to tell about the type of person you are, and if your best is an A, and for some kids, they're hundred percent as a C or a B. I, I think, you know, the unique thing about prep schools is they, they figure that out, right? If you're going to come there and bring the effort, there's, there's leeway with certain things, you know what I mean? And, and that's at least what I found, but no, totally. Yeah. I think that's in, in kind of every realm of life. Like if you, put your best foot forward every single time you do something, right? Like even if you're a C student or you're an A student, like that's what we want to see. That's what I want to see as a coach, right? Like I don't care if you, if you mess up, right, uh, on a drill or, you know, you can't hit a one-timer. Like instead of giving up and saying, like, nah, I don't want to do that anymore. Like keep pushing through it, right? And, and that ties into the academic piece. That ties into the, to the community piece. You know what I mean? And um, yeah. you're, definitely, you're definitely accurate in your, in your you know, yeah, and I think the last thing, and, and we'll move into scheduling and things like that, but, you know, there's been a lot of research. I'm always telling people exercise patience, you know, keep blinders on. You know, majority of kids are going to be on the develop, same development timeline, right, getting to college at 20. Like, obviously, it's case by case, and it, and it could be things outside of hockey. It could be things for the player's development, his body, things like that. You know, what, what is your general, I guess, uh, opinion on the repeat? You know, a kid comes to you, you guys ask him to repeat his junior year, sophomore year, kind yeah. of what is the basis for that? I mean, again, I guess, again, with full disclosure, it's case by case, but yeah, go it's, ahead. It's, yeah, it's case by case. I think one thing to touch on that uh, some people don't know is repeating. The NCAA takes the first four years of your high school. So if you come into New Hampton as a repeat junior, the NCAA is going to take your grades from your freshman year your sophomore year, your junior year, and then your repeat junior year. Okay, so everybody thinks like, oh, I'll repeat my junior year, I'll get my grades up, uh, and then I'll be a better student. Yeah, you can during that repeat junior year, but they're not going to take the GPA from your senior year. So it's your first four years of high school is what the NCAA takes. What I tell recruits is, you know, obviously I tell them, I never tell them whether they should repeat or should not repeat. Um, if they have a late birthday in the year, right, probably anywhere from August to December, I say, listen, I think repeating would be best in terms of a, a, of a hockey perspective, a maturity perspective. Um, but again, I don't tell any family. I have, a, you know, I have a couple of repeat juniors coming in that are 03s. I have two uh, juniors coming in that are 04s um, that didn't want to repeat. Uh, and that's totally fine. You know, so again, it's different per family. Obviously, the financial piece is different as well. Some Families can afford three years. Some families can only afford two years. Um, you know, you know I'll, I'll kind of address the elephant in the room for, for prep schools that have really good programs is if a kid is a repeat sophomore, does really, really well sophomore year, comes in, does even better as a junior, gets drafted to the USHL and makes it, he may leave, he may reclassify back up and leave early technically, right? So that's something that's happened here. It's happened at a bunch of schools. I mean, um, you know, Adam Fantilli is not going back to, to Kimball Union Academy. He's going to play for the Chicago Steel. So there's a, another situation. Um, but that's kind of my philosophy on it. I, ne I never tell a family what to do. Um, one thing I will touch on, though, specifically to New Hampton School is 
uh, we will rarely take a, uh, a one year senior, you know, a kid that's just a one and done, um, you know, again, and that's because we want a kid to come here and, and that's different than a postgraduate year. And I know that can confuse a lot of people, but um, you know, we won't take a kid that comes in for just a senior year unless it's a rare circumstance. Um, and I'm actually okay with that because I like kids, you know, we have one postgrad coming in next year. Um, you know, other than that, I, I like the kids to be here for two or three years so they can develop, but that's my philosophy what, on it. What I about, never tell them what to do. What, what about like, like, as far as like a kid comes in and his body's, you know, physically immature, like he needs to work on it, add weight. What do you see the benefits like that extra year? Like, like, I mean, if there's an example without a name, like just so parents can understand the development piece to it, you know, what that might do for the player. Yep, totally. I think that, um, you know, there are players, we had a player that came in last year as a true junior, um, built, he, he kind of built like a beast, right? He's, he, he was rear elev elevating split squatting, um, which for those of you, you put your, you put your foot on a, on like a rolling bar behind you and you just one leg squat. He was holding a hundred pound dumbbells in each hand and a 40 pound vest as a 16 year old. I mean, I couldn't do that at 16, right? So he was a kid that probably physically in terms of body development didn't need to repeat, uh, went on to have a, have a fantastic season. Um, you know, but what I think, you know, those who, who need to add muscle mass, um, you know, I, I think repeating is good, uh, especially with our facilities here. We have a strength and conditioning coach on campus as well uh, that's certified by Mike Boyle, so he knows his stuff. But I think the most important thing for those that do repeat, and, and someone told me this and it's true, and, and um, if you come to New Hampton as a true junior and you do your junior and senior year, you never repeated, that gives you three years of junior hockey eligibility, right? And again, this is, everybody in hockey is different. Every family's different and every player is different. But most people would say, oh, I don't want my son out of schooling for three years. And I go, okay, if that's how you feel, then you should repeat in prep school and then you'll have two years of junior hockey, right? And that right there is, 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 you know, some kids need the three years of junior hockey. Some kids only need one. Some kids need two. But I know that for me, um, that's a long time away from school. And I know you can take classes and stuff like that, but not being in, in a true academic setting for three years, that's really challenging for a kid to go into college uh, when his three years of junior hockey is done. And I think that two years of, of junior hockey, if you were a repeat, um, is a little bit more uh, I think parents can kind of see that and understand that more than, than seeing the three years. Yeah, for in my, sure. In my opinion. Yeah, for sure. And then, yeah. And like I said, it goes back to the kid, like maybe he need you know, the extra year will help him with his academics, his body, maybe just it's, it's a, he's, he's making strides each year, but that by the time that extra year happens, you know, he's ready for juniors. Like I said, there's, there's no rush to the whole process. Yeah, like no, the other no rush and, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say that, like you said, there's no rush to it. And, and I, I can't stress enough how every, and I know every podcast and every hockey person says it, but it's so true. Everybody's path is different, right? Like three years of junior hockey for a family um, who says, well, you know, my son's got a 1460 SAT and a 3.9 GPA. He'll take a couple of college classes. I'm pretty confident he's going to be fine because he's a naturally gifted student when he gets to college after three years, assuming he ages out in junior hockey. I would probably sit here and say, yeah, no, you're right. You probably will be fine. The kid, I'll use myself as an example, a kid that's an okay student, decent SAT score, 3.2 GPA in high school. That kid that's like, 
oh, geez, three years of junior hockey. I'll take like a class a semester to transfer in. Then I'm going to sit and do, a, and do 15 credits a semester. That's a lot for a kid, you know? Um, yeah, and, for and, sure. You know, that's a lot in my opinion. Yeah. So, so moving into like the hockey season in New Hampton, like right before, obviously anyone that's familiar has an idea. There's split season. There's New England Fall Prep League. I know you guys have no direct affiliation or anything to do with it, but kind of touch on that. Where you, where you see your kids playing a lot? I mean, are they playing in the fall prep league? Or are they playing split season teams in the beast? How does it work? Yeah. You know, kind of yeah. just give people an idea. Great question. Um, obviously, you know, we help facilitate split season hockey because I think it's important, right? Kids need to play. Um, you know, what I think is a little bit different than split season hockey compared to uh, during the prep season, and, and I apologize to the split season coaches that, are, that I'm, I'm friends with, there's no practicing really in, in split season hockey, right? So in terms of, of development in like in practice coaching, it doesn't really exist because all the kids are at prep schools going to school, right? So a lot of it is showcases and playing games on the weekend, which I think is great. They're getting those game reps. They're getting some extra exposure, um, you know, but uh, we do help facilitate that. I have a love-hate relationship with split season hockey. Uh, the love of it is for what I just told you. You know, the guys get to play. They're on the ice, um, you know, and they get some of that exposure. My hate for it is, you know, we have classes on a Saturday till 1145. They have a quick lunch in the dining hall and they're, you know, driving down to the New England Sports Center for a 215 puck drop game. They do a couple uh, couple can openers on their on their legs and they call that a stretch. And I just cross my fingers every Sunday night that someone didn't, you know, tear their hip flexor, right? So that right there is where I get, um, you know, a little bit nervous with fall hockey, but, um, in terms of where our guys play, um, you know, looking at my list right now, we have a bunch of guys that are playing in, uh, in the beast league with the Boston Imperial split season team, the Ponset river rats. Um, we have a couple of kids that are playing on the East coast militia. Uh, we have some kids playing on the Islanders hockey club. We have about nine kids playing together in the new England fall prep league. Some, uh, we have four kids playing on the Northern cyclones, U 16 team. Uh, so we have kids from all over the place. And, and the reason why we try to get a handful of kids on the same team is, is for travel arrangements, right? We're lucky enough at New Hampshire where we're allowed, kids are allowed to have a car on campus. Um, you know, not every kid can, but they're for, they're for specific reasons. Uh, a lot of them are, are for the athletes that need to get to recruiting events or college visits. So I think we have six kids on the team next year that will have a car on campus that will help uh, with carpooling. You know, because obviously the, the U16 kids, right, they're 2004s, they don't have their license yet. So that's really challenging, um, you know, for, for parents to come up every weekend and drive them all over the place, you know, and um, myself and, and Nick Ellis will help with that. But that's probably the biggest um, roadblock in terms of coordinating the fall is when a, when a parent from, you know, we have two kids coming from, uh, you know, the LA Junior Kings. Um, one's going to have a car, one's not, right? The kid that didn't have a car needs to be put on a team with, that, with a student at New Hampton that has a car, right? Because sure. he, he can't get there. His mom, his dad can't fly from LA to, to Manchester, New Hampshire every weekend, you know? So, um, you know, it takes a little bit of uh, coordinating, but, um, you know, so far in my time here, the parents have been uh, very understanding and, and very um, helpful. You know, parents are really, really helpful in terms of, of helping you know, yeah, well, you know, they load up their, their uh, minivan and, and they'll take as many kids as they can. So, yeah, I mean, in split season, I mean, there's no secret there. I mean, I think, too, what people don't realize is scouts, coaches, 
they also get what it is. I mean, it's a chance to see some talented players. I mean, when I was in Dubuque for, for the couple of years, I watched it. But you could show up on a Saturday night and half the, the, the split season team isn't even there. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. Yep. so it's just hit or miss sometimes. Obviously, there's some really reputable programs and they're great. But it's still, it's just kids have closed weekends. Kids have, uh, you know, on-campus uh, obligations, things like that, that they have to take care of. So it's uh, hit or miss sometimes. But for the most part, it's pretty good hockey. Oh, and, it's good. Um, it's I mean, moving in. Go ahead. Yeah, moving into like New Hampton's schedule, you guys played a pretty good amount of games. I know typically people say 25 to 30. I think when I looked at your schedule, you guys hit that 35 mark. Yeah. Who are you guys playing? You know, what league are you in? I, I know uh, I'm pretty sure Lakes region, but yeah. kind of touch yeah. on that. You know, who else you're scheduling? You know, does it change year to year? You know. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the NEPSAC limit for games is 35 a year. Uh, the ISL is different. I believe they play 25 to 30. Um, don't quote me on that. I'm not exactly sure, but I do know that the NEPSAC rule is 35 games a year. Uh, we like to use all 35 because, you know, I think we have one of the better schedules in, in the NEPSAC. Uh, you know, we play in the Lakes Region Conference, which is us, uh, Kimball Union, Tilton, Proctor, Holderness, St. Paul's, Brewster, uh, and Vermont Academy. Um, you know, in my first year at New Hampton, I was an assistant coach. Uh, six of the eight teams in the Lakes region made the NEPSAC tournament. That was KUA in the Elite Eight, who won it for the third year in a row. Um, and then Tilton won the small school uh, against Holderness. So, and then we, uh, we were in the, the small school, and then Proctor and uh, St. Paul's were in the large school tournament. So in terms of, of competitive teams from top to bottom, this conference is very, very good. In, ter in regard to our out-of-conference out of play, um, you know, we played Dexter twice, played Cushing twice, play Lawrence Academy. Um, you know, we play in the Phillips Exeter Showcase each year where we play um, some of the powerhouses from Connecticut. This past year, we played Brunswick and uh, Gunnery. Uh, the year before, we played Kent and Brunswick. So, um, you know, we play some really, really, really good teams. We play Governor's Academy twice. Um, you know, so I, I like our schedule. We play Winchenden as well. So our schedule is really good. Um, you know, and, and I think what's great too is we you know, we play some of those teams and, you know, we played Dexter down in Dexter, right, right in Brookline, Mass. Um, and, and that game was littered with scouts from North American League USHL junior scouts to, um, you know, seven or eight Hockey East schools and then a handful of NESCAC Division three schools. So, um, you know, in terms of the exposure piece, you know, um, with us being a talented team, um, coaches, you know, coaches and schools and teams want to watch two good teams go head to head, you know. Yeah, and I mean, I think what people don't realize either is obviously the schedule is convenient for colleges and junior teams. They can come down, you know, for a two o'clock game on a Wednesday or whatever. But the other piece to it is even even the uh, holiday tournaments, New Year's, Christmas, all that stuff. You know, you know, I go to the I go to all those every year. Like you walk into the Avon tournament and it's flooded with scouts. You go to the Cushing tournament. You guys were in this year, like probably every half of Hockey East is there, ECAC, Atlantic schools. It's, it's pretty impressive to see and have all those schools in one place. 100%, 100%. And that's, that to me is where um, I can get frustrated sometimes as a prep coach when, uh, when families that I recruit are, are so adamant about the exposure in the fall. And again, all, you know, this podcast is, is with New Hampton School and my, my philosophies and beliefs. So this is kind of my opinion there are only a handful of kids that will get a commitment in the fall. Um, you know, and those are the kids that, that, that light it up and, 
you know, schools are like, wow, we can't miss on that kid. I don't want him to be watched by other people any longer. Right. But most kids, and I'll use Marcus Joggin as an example, will get noted in the fall. Got to watch that kid. And then every time I talk to that coach, cause they'll reach out and say, Hey, how is he as a student? How is he as a kid? And I'll say, Oh, he's good. He's great. You know, all this stuff. And they'll say, okay, we're going to, we're going to track his progress in the prep season. You know? So like you said, you know, Phillips Exeter showcase littered with, you know, we played uh, gunnery that had Alex Jeffries on the team. Who's going to get drafted in this year's NHL draft. I mean, there were probably 12 NHL scouts there, you know? So in terms of the exposure in prep school, it, it's, it's unbelievable. And it's there, you know, you just have to play really, really well. And, and my saying, and my athletic director and I talk about this all the time is exposure is great when you're playing great and exposure is bad when you're playing bad. And, uh, and, and I hate to say it like that, but it's the truth. Right. And, uh, sure. you know, I think that, like you said, hockey East, ECAC, Atlantic, NESCAC, SUNYAC, um, you know, the, the New England hockey conference with Norwich and, and Hobart and UMass Boston, they're all watching us play, you know, and, and they might, some of the kids here might be a few years away, but they're being watched, you know, and, and that's, that's all we can really ask for, you know? Yeah. And it's an opportunity. And like I said, you, it's, what people don't realize either is like USL Midwest teams, like their job is, is to know the players, right? And if you have to trust they're doing their job and if your son's playing well, you know, and you have the right support staff, if it's an advisor, your coach, whatever, they're helping your son with all that. Um, obviously, you know, the constant and all this is the player playing well and developing. But um, like I said, I, I think prep school, great fit for certain kids. Obviously there's other kids that, you know, want to play more hockey or whatever, but it all, at the end of the day, it all comes back to the kid and what he's looking for, where he's going to be happy. Um, and I think what we heard today from you was awesome. Just to, just to touch on what New Hampton has to offer um, the school. I mean, understanding what the daily life's like, you guys are obviously running a pretty good hockey program there. Great facilities, uh, great people. It sounds like, you know, teachers, dorm parents. Um, so like I, like I said, I just want to thank you for coming on here and kind of give you the last word. If there's anything you want to add uh, about New Hampton, the program, if there's parents that uh, are looking again, and I know you touched on it earlier, but getting on the radar, you know, go ahead. Yeah, no, I, first off, I appreciate you having me on. Um, you know, I, I love this school. Um, you know, it was, it was amazing to me. I got an opportunity to come here for two years and, and now I get to teach and coach here and, and absolutely love this place. Um, I guess I'll, I'll kind of leave it with, with everything that's been said on this podcast, if you could throw a blanket over, right? Is, is every family, every player is different, right? And there's no right or wrong path. Uh, and there's, there's, no, um, there's no hidden recipe to it. You got to work really hard. Um, you know, and, and you gotta, you gotta get a bounce here or there, but, uh, you know, I appreciate you having me on. Uh, and if anybody listening is, is interested in New Hampton school, uh, you know, shoot me an email. I'd love to, to, to send you some more info and literature on our school. Um, you know, I think once kids get on campus here, they see how special this place is and, uh, a lot of kids want to be here. So I'm looking forward to next season. We have some really good players coming in and, uh, you know, thanks again, Colby for having me on. Appreciate it. Yeah. Appreciate you, Connor. And again, this is the Paragon Sports Consulting Podcast. You can go to our website, paragonsportsconsulting.com. Follow us on social media at Paragon Athlete. Again, thanks again, Connor. And uh, we'll see everybody uh, in the near future. Thanks.